Praise the Lord, friends. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. You are seeing me. We yes, we are seeing you, Reverend Kamara. Amen. Uh, friends, I would like to thank God for this morning and especially the prayers that uh, the Provost has offered and also the prayer that our sister Florence offered. As I prepared, I kept uh, thinking about all what Paul has to say and the whole idea of uh, grace and the misconception. And I was like, oh my goodness. So Lord, you want me to be the one to speak about this most confused topic uh, in the minds of the people. Then he gave me a clear information that he said, for as long as you're not confused yourself, you will speak. Praise the Lord. And so I pray that I will speak uh, with a clear head this morning and uh, allow me also to add a line or two of prayer. Lord, a loving Father, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me, and especially when the leader of this, your church here, who knows that you are her leader, has led this prayer this morning, and many have logged in to hear and share. May we therefore, Lord, look up to you as our center of whatever we believe and whatever we share and what we walk through. But even as I speak, I pray that, Lord, you touch my lips, that I will decrease and you'll increase and your name will be glorified. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Brothers and sisters, uh, good morning once again. As um, I was thinking uh, through the whole of this, and I want to read that portion of scripture where we are going to share from, our topic is misconception of grace, uh, being taken from the book of Galatians, chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. And uh, it reads, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you deceive the Spirit by the works of the Lord or by believing what you had? Are you so foolish after beginning by means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by you believing what you had, the word of the Lord? Now, as I went through this, I saw many questions and questions which I, I think were coming from uh, exactly what Paul is asking uh, from the people who had digressed uh, from the gospel. And I realized that quite a number of times we do digress ourselves uh, and at times we tend to portray something else from what is composed of the gospel that we are supposed to walk in. And so I will start with a simple question 
and it will be food for thought for each one of us. Uh, at, uh, currently, I have been moving in some places, including where I, we are serving at Kawaragara. And I find there is what we call fish, uh, complete fish. There is a tilapia, there is uh, 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 this uh, Nile patch, and there is uh, uh, catfish and others. But also as you move on, there is where you find that people are lining up on a truck uh, to get some remains of the fish. And so as I was asking some people, why is it that there is a bigger line on the other side where there are people uh, buying the skeletal parts of the fish? And then somebody gave me uh, a word for it. The skeleton said, they call it a fillet. So I wondered a fillet if it, it, it was supposed to mean the fillet or the remains of the fish also it confused me. And so there comes a time when many of us actually we are lining up and working to get a fillet in the spirit uh, instead of the real fish. Uh, and uh, I, I wanted to get it clearly. The fillet has uh, a head of a fish and a tail of a fish, uh, plus some small, small remains of uh, flesh on that fillet, or that uh, skeletal piece of fish. It costs a little money, and when you boil it and put all the necessary ingredients, it will give you a very nice smell of fish, but actually you'll not eat the real fish fillet. You will have missed the real flesh of the fish. And so we too, as believers, or even as Christians, we find ourselves having such kind of, of situations. Uh, we believe that we are walking uh, in the gospel, but actually when we are walking in another gospel, if I may use that word as normally borrowed. Now, the other gospel, there is one gospel which we believe of our Lord Jesus Christ, and also believing in him through faith, he died for us, and all these that he take us to heaven. But there are those also who have a plan B of the gospel. In other words, eating the real fish is plan A, and in eating filet is plan B. But you and I as Christians, we are not called to have plans plan A and plan B. It's only one plan, whether we like it or not, the best is for us to adjust ourselves and seek that bitter truth and swallow our pride and have the truth. And so after I had shared the, 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 the questions with this person and they told me about the filet, I asked one of these uh, leaders who seemed to be so excited about the gospel, but again, so problematic to understand. And so I said, can we move and sit somewhere and have uh, uh, some drink? So he said, oh, it's okay for me. It's okay. I, I can take uh, uh, Minute Maid. Uh, I said, oh, they give it to you. So for me, we take Bushera. There's a tin to Bushera, and they gave me tin to Bushera, and we started discussing. I said, sir, um, do you mind uh, telling me your understanding of the verse in the Bible? if you have ever heard of it, that the joy of the Lord is my strength or your strength. I said, oh, he quickly even told me where the 
or the gospel, the verse is, and he said, actually, it means that, you know, when you know Jesus Christ, you have joy. I said, okay, uh, that's, that's true. When you know Jesus Christ, you have joy. But uh, how do you compare this joy, which you are talking about, with other joys? He said, you see, uh, uh, for me, when I got saved, I, and that's it. I, I, I feel happy all the time. I said, how about if I said that the joy of the Lord is the scripture uh, from Genesis to Revelation? And then when a Christian follows everything in there and proves that actually they are following what God wants them to do, and then God sees that their efforts are great, but they fail, and then God gives them another opportunity whenever they repent and he keeps lifting them up. How do you call that one? He said, ah, Musumba, do you think it is possible? And so I want also to relate to that one with us when we say we are believing in the, the grace of God or we have in through faith. And then those who say they believe in the law, the legalism. So those two scenarios we, we keep bringing, I think, at the back of our minds, that many of us, we want the law. When you come, we find somebody has come to church and uh, says, I want to serve uh, in the ministry. Say, okay. So in the process of, serve, of discussing, they tell you, you know, I was baptized. That's one. It was confirmed. And in this church, by the way, and by Reverend so and so, and this one by Bishop so and so. I say, okay. And then even I married here. And all our children are baptized here. And, and the list will go on and on and on. And then they say, you see, the canons say this. You see, the constitution says this. And the list will go on for somebody trying to convince you. Instead of them walking in the path of faith, and you see the gift of the Holy Spirit in their lives, and you see their commitment of a transformed life walking, not bothered by whether they are very 100% correct or not, but they believe in Jesus who forgives, that Jesus is the life-giving Savior, and he's the only way, the life, and the truth. So in other words, the grace of God is that unmerited favor that God has given us. We do not deserve it, not because we have all these requirements, not because we have all this list of all the things that we are trying to do. No, it's because we know that he is the only way, not otherwise. However, we also have those ones who say that, you know what, it doesn't matter. For me, for as long as I know I'm in Christ Jesus, I will walk my way. In other words, they look at their own personal joy and not the joy of the Lord. The personal joy is totally different from the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord is his word from Genesis to Revelation, when he says no sinner should perish, who says that when you have sinned against you, each other, you need to repent. A one who says, when you fall, I will lift you up for as long as you run to me. And he knows that you are not there to be a failure, but you are supposed to be following him. And so we have that confusion and mix, brothers and sisters, that many people think it's okay for as long as I'm saved, I will continue sinning. 
I continue doing all the bad things. I don't need to repent because there is a Jesus' complete and finished work on the cross. That one, they are on legalism and they are lost. And that's what Paul calls a curse. They are living under a curse. They are not living under the, the leading of the gospel of grace. But those who know that actually I am saved in Jesus Christ. Yes, I have sinned, but I don't need to hide. I do not need to, to run away, but I walk in the light and I will be a repentant person each and every moment. And when I need an advisor, I will run to the gospel and see what the Bible is talking to me. I will run to my leader. I will run to this and say, stand with me. I am weak here. Stand with me. I have fallen uh, short of God's glory here. And they believe that when they repent, they have been forgiven. That's what God is calling us to be, brothers and sisters. And so we need to clear that misconception of eating the filet as, as opposed to the fillet. The words may appear to be the same. One is a fillet, but another one is the fillet. But it, it is different uh, in terms of what you see at the face of it. So Paul, uh, having preached the gospel, and he did not use any craftiness at all, and he saw many people at Galatia come to Jesus Christ, and they believed him. And they walked very well, and they were so enthusiastic. And they were elites. They, had, they were learned. They had a lot of activities to do. They had a lot of businesses. They had a lot of wealth. And they were really living a life that uh, everyone would understand. But there came a problem of the heretical teachings or another gospel, which was totally opposed. And since they were learned and they knew their Greek language as superior, and so they turned into legalism. Brothers and sisters, if you turn into legalism, then you fail the gospel of Jesus Christ on how to walk. And then that's why Paul will call you among the bewitched. And so many people who follow the law, who follow only the canon, I'm not saying the canon is bad. I'm not saying that the law of our country is bad, but I would rather request every Christian, first of all, to look at the law of God from Genesis to Revelation, such that you say in all that you believe and do, you are not justified by the law you read or the law you know, but you are justified by faith and not the works. And indeed, uh, in the previous chapter two, you'll find that uh, uh, Paul is talking about the issue of being justified by faith, not by works. And if I may pose a question which I wouldn't need an answer now, but you can answer yourself. I believe a number of us who are tuned in on this line, you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior by faith, not by law. And now if you begin uh, benchmarking the law according to how you got saved, then definitely you lose even the good in the, the salvation you received from Jesus Christ. And so Paul has been instrumental in all these uh, uh, write-ups in Galatia, and he had been there planting churches, he had been there uh, preaching, had been there uh, uh, teaching people. He had been a thorn 
in many people's flesh because they were used to uh, living under the law. And the false teachers, they knew it's, it was their area. That was their catchment. But he comes and teaches seriously and he exposes the Judaizers uh, in the Judaism as he taught and kept uh, uh, preaching, many people looked at the gospel differently. Those who had thought that they needed to cut uh, many or to kill many birds, many animals, they realized that there was nothing needed by that. Those who knew that they needed to look for somebody to uh, pay and then the, the, a, a pastor or a priest prays for them and they get their sin on the goat and they take the goat to the mountain as a scapegoat, they realized that was not necessary. But also, apart from the Judaizers, there are those who are non-Jews. Uh, uh, they were finding it very hard for them actually to achieve the same. And so they decided to say, we are not descendants of, uh, uh, of uh, Moses, but we are descendants of Abraham. So the rest who are not descendants of Abraham, according to their own understanding, they said, no, 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 no. Uh, I think we do not qualify to be part of uh, the descendants of uh, Abraham. So for us, we can follow the Mosaic law, the Mosaic covenant, and they forgot that the Abrahamic covenant had an inclusion promise, was a covenant that included all the people on the surface of the earth. And then the women were also feeling that they were neglected. They were not important as the culture would take them. But again, they remember that in Genesis, the Bible says it clearly that it is the seed of the woman that will crush sin. And so there was nobody else who could take away sin apart from the seed of the woman and with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So some of them be began to complain and say, now this guy, Paul, what is he preaching? So he's trying to take away our salvation. He's trying to give even those who do not deserve. And so brothers and sisters, you and I were regarded as people who do not deserve the gospel. But Jesus Christ himself, who knows that we are justified by faith, gave us an opportunity that through faith in Jesus Christ, not in anybody else, but Jesus Christ, who is more than a Jew, is the one through him that we believe that he's our Lord and Savior, and we are adopted into the gospel as believers and equal partakers of the gospel of Christ. You realize that quite a number of Judaizers kept even attacking Paul, and actually he suffered so much uh, of attacks from these people. They started questioning his credibility and they claimed that he had been sent out from the church leadership in Jerusalem. And so they never wanted to perceive him. So when Paul received a report of the Judaizers that had arrived in, in Galatia and were up to their old tricks and that they wanted actually to start failing uh, the gospel for their own error, he fired off and he said, you know what? You people, I think this is not uh, very important. And he brought up his communication and approval from Jerusalem. Now, some of us we may be still also waiting for approvals in order to show that we are believers. Some of us, we may also be there 
that we want to be endorsed by human beings when we are preaching the gospel. And yet when you read the Bible, people will be able to discern and know that what you're talking about actually is the true gospel and the true message of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so you realize that some of them actually denied the legalistic message of the Judaizers because for anybody to become a Judaizer, there were so many requirements that they needed to fulfill. And here uh, Paul is saying, you don't have to fulfill the whole list of these requirements, but you've got just to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And through him, you'll be justified by, through faith and not by works. They looked at him and they said, hmm, I think this one is bringing us another gospel. So yet they were in another gospel. Definitely they had to realize that there was another gospel. And may that other gospel, another gospel of Jesus Christ, become the gospel you and I believe and follows that will save us from perishing. And so he, when he says, oh, foolish Galatians, actually he's like saying, you, you dark Galatians, you unsatisfiable Galatians, you inconsiderate or slothful uh, Galatians, you reluctant Galatians, if I may use other words, paraphrase what he's talking about here. And he's wondering what is not happening and he's wondering why they are distancing themselves from the gospel they received when he preached without tricks and they all got and saved. And those who thought that Paul was wrong, he said actually they were uh, slow to learn or they were deviated or they were perverted. In other words, when he uses that sharp word uh, and he uses it intentionally. So he said things were great when you had the right gospel. And his memory of the Galatians was that vibrant church, that prayerful church, that church that gathers and everybody understands the power of the gospel and believes. That church where the testimonies were growing and everybody, because of the testimony, was getting saved. That church where people had hope in Jesus Christ, not in their weaknesses and failures, but also where people would not justify themselves because of their own righteousness or their own way of life, but through Jesus Christ. And so that's why he asks and says, uh, who bewitched you? So when he says, uh, he's asking them these deep questions, actually he's asking them, who deviated you? Who deceived you? Who turned you away from the right gospel? And so what happened? You slowly, slowly started moving away. And so Paul was really annoyed and he was ached. And you and I, I pray that we have a holy anger, uh, which David in the Psalms calls a perfect hatred of the other gospel of legalism, but have the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, you've uh, probably heard how uh, each and every one of you that can be saved through Jesus Christ. So how quick is it that you're beginning to go back to your legalism? How quick is it that you're putting Judaism as a standard of your salvation? And so, brothers and sisters, we may find ourselves also uh, choosing to eat a fillet instead of a fillet. It's very, very important for us to watch what we believe. <coughs> 
has, excuse me, and as Paul continues, he, he wants to ask everyone else and say, look, none of you deserved to be forgiven. None of you deserved to be called the faithful of Christ, the righteousness of God. But now you are denying him. Are you dense? In other words, asking, are you dense? How come that you're being fooled by false teachers? Even today, the same kind of trend happens where people are told it's okay, you have had a license to sin and you don't need to repent. If you have not heard of it, but I just want to tell you, you just need to keep uh, your eyes open and your ears uh, wide. You will hear people being told that it's okay to sin. Jesus has finished the work on the cross, so you do not need to struggle. I just want to tell you that, brothers and sisters, yes, Christ has died for us. And if you want to make him happy, you need to know what makes him happy or what is the joy of the Lord. And you don't just follow whatever you are hearing, but your work will be justified not by hearing other, another gospel, but by you believing in Jesus Christ and the resurrected King as your Lord and Savior, that you are being justified by faith. Even he himself, Abraham, was justified by faith. And that's why we call him the father of faith. Praise the Lord. Um, I also want to bring it to us that uh, uh, quite a number of times we have uh, been led to error here and there. When we look up to an individual as the only center of our learning, yes, it's good to say, so-and-so is my mentor. It's okay to say uh, so-and-so has been working with me as a brother to keep you in Jesus Christ. But you need to have the grace to discern. You need to have that favor of discernment and see what you are doing. Is it according to the gospel? So that being true, you could know what exactly the Galatians were going through uh, when they were working in the gospel of works. Uh, to, uh, to God's grace and not the gospel of faith through Jesus Christ. Uh, and if you follow somebody who is not following the gospel of Christ and you say, this is my papa, this is my mama who uh, leads me and without discernment, I'm afraid you'll find that you are not running in a safe place and you'll be on a dry land and you'll need the, the grace of God to save you once again or to draw you near to God and you discuss and you realize the first gospel you had when you got saved. Now, I want to say that when we, each one of us uh, uh, get saved or when we got saved, we were on fire. You would never walk a single day without talking about Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You would never uh, want to walk without the Bible. But I'm afraid that these days, some of us, we have even forgotten where our Bibles are. And I, I, I don't know who is here online, but I'm sure there are some of us who do not even remember the last day this week or last week you read your Bible. And that's where you're beginning to slowly grow cold, to see no difference between the whole fish with the fillet and the fillet. I pray this morning that the Lord will help each one of us who are here, including myself, to have a distinction or to notice the, the distinction. 
and also to realize that the law is an external righteousness that can never uh, get any one of us into Christ. And all it produces is failure and guilt. When you hear somebody justifying themselves by law, get to know that they are actually defending themselves. And they'll be telling you according to the canon, according to the constitution of the Church of Uganda, according to this and this and this and this. Yes, the law definitely is a good mirror to show us that here we are digressing or here we are walking in the light. But if you follow by faith the gospel of Jesus Christ and you allow the gospel to wash you, you allow the gospel of grace to correct you, to rebuke you, to direct you, you find yourself actually, you don't need even to go back and say, what is the constitution saying here? What is the traffic law saying here? What is the canon uh, saying here? You will not even remember to think about them because you'll be walking under the Holy Spirit's guidance. And then he says, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Brothers and sisters, that same question, I want to pose it to you. Yes, you are here listening to this voice. Are you listening to me or you are listening to the gospel? And when you received, was it uh, something that you signed up and paid for, and you got a receipt that this is the salvation that I received, or you received it by faith. That's very, very important for you and I this morning to ponder and think about. And so uh, this piercing question, I wanted to go to each one of us, like it was to the Galatians. It should be a sore searching and piercing question for you and me who are following Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Have we done many things by law? Have we done many things because of who we are? Have we done many things because of our tribes? Have we done many things because of, of being women or because of being men? What is the justification? Uh, and I just allow me to say that many people these days, they have, uh, rights, women rights, men's rights, children rights. If you are saved by rights, I'm afraid that you need a savior this morning to touch your heart and change you from where you are heading. Yes, when we, we go into rights, that means something has been violated. And if something has been violated, then we are finding that our whole solace that in which we live and have our being is about that right, not Jesus Christ. I have loved the old people who have walked uh, with Jesus Christ. Sometimes when they say, ah, it's okay, let's keep it in prayer. There are things that uh, personally I find very hard, but just because the joy of the Lord is to forgive seven times, 70 times, I realize that I've got to forgive and let go. There are things that I feel I think I can justify myself and I can have this recovered by myself. At times I say, let it go, let it pass. And so if we are all honest and follow the gospel of Jesus Christ and regret the deep things that we use through tricks, through false understanding and teaching, through the legalism, 
through another gospel. Then the, the, when the gospel of Christ is preached, the gospel of grace among us, then we'll be able to work out our salvation so powerfully with fear and trembling, with conviction, with verification or with the grace to verify what we believe and the rest of the people will be blown away wondering who we are or who you and I are. So Paul brought that question to help those who are thinking as dense Galatians so that they would get it clear at the bottom of their mind. I, one day in class in Israel, I was excited uh, when the, uh, the archbishop was installed and I shared with uh, the class friends on the gospel, uh, I mean, about the victory and the election of uh, the archbishop. And when I posted some of those Judaizers that had come in the school, immediately they heard a lot of insults. And I don't want to mention some of the words they said. And they kept quiet, not until the lecturer reached out to me and said, Patrick, don't worry here, we are a mixture. <laughs> so are you one of those when you talk about and say, wow, look at our provost. And somebody ab abuses you? Are you one of those who says, wow, look at Reverend Patrick. And somebody abuses you because they have fallen apart, because they do not believe in the holistic gospel of Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior. Maybe they are seeing somebody as an excuse, as a problem in their lives. This morning, I'd like to invite you, brothers and sisters, that there is no individual that should hinder you from the gospel of truth, from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not religions, not uh, denominations, not what? Because the gospel is, is not a denominational gospel. It's a holistic gospel that will save every sinner. But does that mean that you do not discern? No, you should discern because others will preach the wrong gospel. And so you need to realize that the true gospel of grace, where we all get salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, can never be mixed. It can never be like food mixed with the colors. It can never be that cake which they bring with different colors. Another, color, another cake is green, another is blue, another is yellow, another is white, and then they say it's all cake. No. The gospel of God's grace is through faith. It's not external. It's eternal and it's internal. And it cleanses your thoughts and my thoughts. And it despises us through faith in Jesus Christ, brothers and sisters. So precisely, there is no one who should begin to tell you that, you know, you need works in order to do this. Yes, God, if you follow his word, the word will guide you. Praying is very good daily, many times as you can. Reading the Bible is very good. Uh, for, uh, coming to church is very good. Tithing is very good. Uh, sanctification of marriage is very good. Uh, serving in the ministry is very good. Being zealous in the ministry is very good. But all this, if they lack the grace of God, then you are in works. You are not in faith. And therefore, this morning, I want to implore each one of us that we need to turn back to Jesus Christ and through faith in Jesus Christ and by grace that we were saved to believe that the Spirit of God 
will make a shift in our lives in whatever we do. And praise the Lord. As I come to conclusion, brothers and sisters, I want to say that grace is no excuse for a morally sloppy or a spiritual lazy lifestyle. On the contrary, real grace empowers us to walk in holiness and please God. The evidence of the gospel of grace is growth in spiritual maturity. So don't give an excuse that, you know, because by grace we are saved, then you don't want to have spiritual maturity. You will be number one in following heretic teachings. You will be number one in bringing cultism if you do not have spiritual maturity. And so you need to have an understanding or even if I may lack, for lack of a better word, have uh, an initiative inside of you to say, yes, there are very important issues and the crux of the matter for me to follow in order to live by faith and living by God's grace in his spirit. Not in your own efforts, but by the way you have decided with making a decision and say, I have decided to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you buy uh, a bicycle and another one buys a motorcycle and they start using, uh, the one of motorcycles starts using the bicycle instructions on a motorcycle, and the one of the motorcycle, I mean, the, the bicycle uses uh, a manual for the motorcycle, you will not get the exact thing you're supposed to believe. And so I want to encourage each one of us this morning that no matter what it is, we need to know the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ by reading the word. And if you are not reading the word, then you're on another journey. You are not following the right gospel. And I'm afraid soon we'll hear people saying that you have also fallen apart or I have fallen apart. So the gospel is not short of challenge. Yes, it will challenge you. It will not keep you in a comfortable life, but will draw you to Jesus Christ in the way you do your things. And so we need to live by God's grace each and every day. The gospel will give you an, a, 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 the grace to have self-effort, to encourage yourself to do everything aimed at satisfying Jesus Christ and not your own. So it's not uh, about you gaining all the fame, you gaining all the knowledge. No, it's gaining God's love. And that God's love is already given to us, though we do not deserve it. And so if you start working by works to gain disapproval, you also error. You need to know that he's a freely given gift to us. Jesus Christ is freely given to us. He died for us and he said it is finished. So this morning I pray that all that you do, I'm at making the joy of the Lord by being your strength, not your personal joy. If you follow your personal joy, the principles of your own joy and the principle of Jesus Christ will clash definitely. But if you are transformed by the power of the gospel, you'll find actually that you'll not realize that what you are doing is from your own understanding or initiative, but will be through Jesus Christ, and then you'll understand. Uh, quite a number of, of times, uh, some people say, why should we read the Bible? Why should we pray? Why should we go for this morning devotion? 
Uh, I want to warn us, brothers and sisters, that the journey to heaven is not a short one, whereas at times it has proved to be a short one. You need to keep reminding yourself each and every day. The more you get the word of God, the more he communicates to you. The more you connect and plug in and talk to God, the more he speaks to you and guides you. And so you are not going to ride a bicycle in the way you ride a motorcycle. You're not going to ride a motorcycle in the way you ride a bicycle. You need to know that if you are saved by the grace of God and therefore his word is your compass. His word is your direction. Somebody may ask, now is it to be followed only when I'm at church? I want to say no, a big no. Wherever you are, whether you are in agriculture, whether you are in business, whether you are in taxation, whether you are in which office or judiciary, you need to remember that God is the author and finisher of all that we do. The departments are many. There are many body parts, but there is one body of Jesus Christ. And what differs is the ethics of the different area or the different calling where you and I have been called. And therefore, we need to practice good uh, acts of Christian uh, uh, faith or even ethics wherever we are. If you do daily devotion and you walk contrary to God, you are not pleasing God. If you read the Bible daily and you're not following the Bible, you are not actually uh, uh, following God and you're not causing him to love you more. Because you say, you know, I have read the Bible 10 times. Oh my goodness. Yes, it's good to read it several times and finish it. But I just want to tell you, you may be under works the gospel of works. Read the scripture and let the scripture transform you. Let the scripture guide you. And then you begin to walk the scripture. And even those who will see you walking, they will see you walking the scripture. In essence, you need to realize that all the legalism that many people do will just garner your own efforts in pleasing God, but not the will of God. So God is spirit, and so he makes everything better. He makes everyone follow him, and then we understand his grace because of following him. And please, brothers and sisters, as I come to conclusion, do not ask God to follow you. I repeat, do not ask God to follow you, but you follow Jesus Christ. When you follow him, it will be your compass. When you follow him, you will know which direction you are taking. I have always heard the prayer that we say, God, go with me. Yeah, he goes with you. But at times we have reached somewhere and left him along the way and we have decided to guide him. And he looks at us and says, where can you guide me? There is nowhere. So brothers and sisters, our attitudes need to discover the grace of God, that the Lord is gracious, that the Lord wants us to devote all our time to put our home, our hope in him, to do everything that we do, as Psalm 37 says, that committed to him uh, continually, and do not feel disappointed because you are struggling. Please, when you fall, call upon the name of the Lord and believe him. He will lift you up. Do not be discouraged. Do not develop unbeliefs. Do not follow what others are saying. 
if they are saying it's okay, Jesus did it for you, live your life. I have heard people saying, I have my life, I have a life to live. That one will not lead us anywhere. And so with those remarks, I want to ask each one of us friends that we need to understand Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and follow him. May the Lord richly bless us. Let's pray. Lord, a loving Father, I know that you hold the future. And as you've shared with us, I pray that we'll walk with you, that we will not follow the works of life, the expertise, the knowledge of the law, but we'll follow your grace. And Holy Spirit, may you cleanse us with the gospel of grace. And may your Holy Spirit be able to sit in us and guide each one of us to walk after you and not to, to let ourselves go ahead of you. But for each one who has come here today, I pray that you meet them at the point of need and grant us the grace to know you each and every day of our lives through you, Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you so much, friends. Amen, amen. Amen. Uh, friends, we will continue to pray. Uh, thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you, King of Kings, because your word says in Psalms 143 and verse 8, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love, for I have put my trust in you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for feeding us through your servant this morning. Thank you, Lord, for the message that has come through, Lord. Your word says that the word of God is useful for teaching, for correcting, for rebuking, and for training us, my master, that we may be equipped in every good work. So Lord, even as we had your word this morning, Lord, our hearts, our hearts choose to turn to you, oh God. Our hearts choose to turn you, King of Kings, and, and we want to come in repentance. We want to come in repentance, King of Kings. Uh, and, and friends, I don't know what it has been like for you. I don't know if God has been your first priority, if Jesus has been your only way, or he has been an alternative. Lord, we want to come in repentance. We want to come in repentance, King of Kings, where we have made you an alternative, where we have, you know, come to you as a last resort. Have mercy upon us, King of Kings, where because of, of the grace that you have so graciously given us, King of Kings, we have chosen to remain in sin, my master. Have mercy upon us, Lord, where we have listened to your word and said that you died once and for all sin, or for, for all sin, oh God, and therefore we don't need to worry about sin. Have mercy upon us, King of Kings. Have mercy upon us, my master, because we have taken you for granted, oh God. Have mercy upon us, King of Kings, Lord. We bring repentance, King of Kings, where we have even attacked your servants as they have asked us to repent and not abuse this grace, oh God, and, and we have called them selfish, oh God, and we have called them false, my master. Have mercy upon us. And yet it is clear, King of Kings, that yes, yes, we access you through faith, oh God. But your word also demands that we should work out our salvation in fear and trembling, oh God. Have mercy upon us, Lord, where we have taken everything for granted, where our desires have been above you, King of Kings, my master, where instead of praying, oh God, we have 
sought advice from 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 your servants or god from 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 people from our friends or god and not from your word we have neglected reading your word oh god have mercy have mercy upon us oh god have mercy upon us lord you tell us in your word that we should confess our sins one to another that we may be saved king of kings and we have neglected all this that you have taught us in your word have mercy upon us have mercy upon us king of kings lord we thank you we thank you for your grace this unmerited favor that you have given us so god thank you king of kings that we no longer have to 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 fulfill all the requirements of the law but like through jesus christ my god through faith we have become one with you king of kings like abraham is oh god like how we have read in your word king of kings that you knew beforehand that you would redeem us through your faith oh king of kings lord thank you thank you king of kings thank you my master even for your servants that in this season my master of so much confusion are laboring to teach the true gospel to teach the true word king of kings lord there have been incidents my master where people do not preach from the old testament and they say it is ancient oh god have mercy have mercy oh god lord we thank you for your servants that are able to teach your word with such clarity my master the true word of god the ones that are not teaching what our itching ears want to hear oh god lord preserve them preserve them preserve them king of kings my master even as we have understood today that we are justified through faith oh god you have reminded us that it is not through works oh god my master yet sometimes we have labored for works oh king of kings we have labored oh god in service oh god in doing things for you and not exactly having a relationship with you king of kings so today abba we return we return to you king of kings that we may be justified through this faith oh god and your word is clear that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god i pray king of kings for every single one of us for us as the body of christ my master that we will make time to read the word that we will make time to read the word i ask that the holy spirit will be present for us to give us understanding as we read your word king of kings because it is your word that transforms us my master it is your word that changes us king of kings it is your word oh god lord we cannot read your word and remain the same we cannot listen to the true gospel and not be transformed oh god lord it is what we desire and so this morning oh god we 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 have we have been reminded you know that gentiles were regarded as undeserving but by faith through jesus christ lord you have qualified us you have qualified us you have qualified us through the cross through the sacrifice that jesus made at calvary and and and, and we are cleansed by the blood of jesus and we are made children of god and so today this morning my master we want to return we return to you in all humility king of kings we return king of kings and we acknowledge that there is nothing that we can do that can justify us there's no level of ministry there's no level of service there's no level of good deeds that we can do that is going my master to justify us so we are returning to you the author and the perfecter of our faith we are returning to you king of kings because 
because we have learned that your word has the power to transform us. We have learned, King of Kings, that your grace empowers us to walk in holiness. We have learned, my master, that your grace empowers us to be able to grow in our spiritual walk with you, King of Kings. Lord, we return to you. We return to you as a church, my master. And we pray, King of Kings, that in our church, my master, in our homes, King of Kings, our hope shall be in Christ, that we will be a prayerful church, that we will be a Bible reading church, that we will be a church of God that honors you from the core of our hearts, King of Kings, that it is not about us. It is not about our leaders, but it is about you, my master, that even as we walk in obedience to what your servants are teaching us, King of Kings, you have also told us in your word to test it against your word, to test what we hear against your word, King of Kings. My master, help us. We pray, King of Kings, that we receive the spirit of discernment, O oh God, that we will be able to discern in this time because even you you say in your word that not everybody that calls you lord lord is for you my master so help us as the body of christ help us as the church at all saints help us as uh, as parents in our homes as children as siblings of god to discern to discern because the days we live in are evil there's so much twisting of your word my master but i know because you said in your word that you will give us your spirit and the holy spirit is our helper so help us for sweet spirit to be able to discern to be able to discern what we are being told that we will walk that are straight and narrow. Like Josiah, we will not look to the left, we will not look to the right, but we will keep our eyes focused on this God, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Lord, I, 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 even as the servant of God shared and said that, you know, the law, the law yields failure and guilt, my master. Some of us are struggling with this guilt and failure, King of Kings. I pray today that you will restore us to yourself in the name of Jesus. I pray, my master, that the joy of the Lord shall be our strength in this season, O King of Kings, that my master, you will help us to walk in faith, O God, because faith is the hope of things that are not seen, my master. Lord, I pray that you will give us your grace, that you will give us your grace, my master. We commit the rest of the day into your hands, King of Kings, that you will continue to walk with us, Lord, even as we depart from this call, that we will not depart from your presence, that we will remain in your presence, that we will remain in communion with you, that we will consult you every step of the way, King of Kings. Thank you for your servant that has shared your word with us this morning. Lord, we pray a blessing over Reverend Patrick in the name of Jesus, that you will bless him, that you will bless his family, that you will bless the work of his hands, Lord, that you will build a of fire around him and his loved ones, King of Kings, that no weapon fashioned against him shall prosper in the name of Jesus, that Lord, you will continue to increase in him, that you will continue to give him clarity of speech in the name of Jesus, that every time he rises to share the gospel, Lord, he will share your true gospel, he will share the true word of God that has the ability to transform lives. We bless you, King of Kings, we honor you and we glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray and believe. Amen.